This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 98, we delved into the capabilities and ANSYS for simulating hypersonics, talk about the upcoming Level Up 2.0 technical conference, and take a brief look at news and events. I want to welcome you to our 90th episode of our little podcast. My name is Eric Miller, and I'm one of the owners of PADT and your host. It's hard to believe just a few more, and uh, we'll be at episode 100. I want to thank everyone for coming along with us on this audio journey. And October is here. I'm recording this on uh, Sunday evening, which is um, October, what is it, October... Third. <laughs> Took me a while to figure that out. So it's October 3rd. I'm recording this on a Sunday night here in my office at home. Um, and at least here in the U.S., um, we're really trying to find the right way to get out and to engage in business and personal activities and still keep safe and keep the spread of the virus down. Uh, I personally went to San Diego uh, for a wedding last weekend. It was the first time I was around most of my family in over two years, and it, it was good. And San Diego is always a great place to visit because the weather's wonderful. You can be outside all the time. Um, but it was still strange. And I, for one, uh, like I said, even though the whole ceremony and everything and the reception and all that stuff was outside, uh, it, it was a nervous time for me. Um, I'm still not adjusted to to being around people like that, even with masks and distancing and outside and everything. Um, right after that, I attended a technical conference earlier this week in Boulder at the University of Colorado. Um, it's the um, AIAA Rocky Mountain Technical Symposium. Uh, it was a fantastic event. I really, really enjoyed it. It was very well run. Uh, it was great mask adherence and, and big spaces so we could spread out in the rooms. I was able to um, uh, also spend um, a day working out of the PADT office in Littleton, Colorado. And that felt really good as well um, to be there. It's been a while. And um, to uh, didn't, didn't do too much interaction because everybody's really busy, but uh, see a couple of the employees that work out of that office as well and prep it for a new employee that's joining PADT uh, in a week. So that was really great to do, um, uh, meet, meet uh, a new employee that actually I'd only met virtually um, um, through all of this that's uh, working in our Colorado office as well, one of our uh, high-frequency electromagnetics experts. So um, it was really great to see. Um, and um, I hope you and yours are staying safe uh, while also finding a way to spread your wings a bit more as well. October is shaping up to be a very busy month for both in-person and virtual events. In fact, we're going to skip the news and blog part of the podcast this week to include a short interview with um, some folks at ANSYS about the Level Up 2.0 virtual conferences is coming up. But first, I want to do our main interview. Uh, and this is a topic that we have experienced massive interest in over the past two years or so, and it's hypersonics. In fact, this interview prepped me for the session on hypersonics at that AIAA Rocky Mountain Symposium I went to. Uh, they had a whole session on it, and I actually understood uh, the concerns and the issues that they were dealing with because of what I learned from this interview. So it was very useful and um, really came in handy. And I think that, uh, as you'll see, it's uh, going to be around for a little while. So. Uh, we should all learn a little bit more about what we can do in the ANSYS world with hypersonics. So let's find out from the experts. 
I want to welcome everybody today to a topic that uh, we've been, uh, ironically, or I don't know if it's ironically, talking about a lot lately, which is hypersonics. It seems to be coming up in a lot of different conversations. And fortunately, we've seen some fantastic improvements in the ANSYS product family, especially in ANSYS Fluent around hypersonics. So we thought this would be a great opportunity to uh, get people who actually know what's going on uh, in ANSYS with the hypersonic tools and talk to us about it and answer some questions. So I've got Bruce Coff Crawford and Valerio VT here with me today. Welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. How are you doing, Eric? Doing, doing very good. So I'm going to actually start with Bruce and ask you to kind of introduce yourself, what you do for ANSYS, and um, your, also your journey to doing simulation, you know, where, where you worked before and all that stuff. Okay. Well, again, my name is Bruce Crawford. I've been with ANSYS for the last 10 years, currently a senior application engineer. Um, subject matter in, in combustion or high-speed, you know, reacting flows. Um, been doing this for a little over 25 years, working, you know, aerothermal problems, you know, high-speed flows, combustion. I've done work, you know, with uh, <clears throat> different government entities and other mm -hmm. software companies, but, you know, specializing it in high, high you know, high explosives and, you know, TBX type explosive stuff and trying to model that stuff on a computer. That's what I did in my previous job. I'm trying to you know, predict the IR signatures for that. That's kind of a niche I had. <laughs> but <laughs> fun. Also doing scramjets and other you know, turbo machinery shit on top of that. But yeah, it's been it's been a fun say it's a lifetime, you know, over twenty five years of doing it now. So that's great. That's great. It's an exciting area. How about yourself, Valerio? Well, after listening to Bruce for 25 years, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm out of uh, school. <laughs> but uh, um, well, I'm, I'm I'm working very closely with Bruce, and 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 it's always good because we are learning from each other. I've been with ANSYS now for 15 years, and right now I'm leading the aerospace and defense team on the application side, and the 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 journey that brought me over here was just uh, doing grad studies, a PhD of Virginia Tech and getting, uh, doing experimental work in high speed, the flows and turbulent flows, shock boundary layer interactions, uh, um, supersonic injections. And I found out that CFD could do a lot of this stuff that experimentally we could not see a measure. And, um, and so one thing led to the other postdoc and then uh, I've been working now for ANSYS, as I say, for 15 years, wearing multiple hats, but uh, my most recent is with aerospace and defense. Cool. Well, we really appreciate you guys coming on and helping us understand because I think we're I think your statement about helping each other learn is a great one. That our experience so far with this this area of hypersonics is we're we're all learning together uh, as we move into this new uh, level of it. Um, one of our employees, I don't know if you guys have ever worked with Tom Chadwick, he actually worked on one of the um, aerospace plane projects that NASA had in the uh, 1990s, and so he's got a little bit of background in scramjet. Uh, simulation in CFD, but it couldn't really do it back then. <laughs> and uh, so we're really excited. He's especially excited to see all the new stuff that we can do with this. Um, why don't we start with, for those that aren't super familiar, don't really know the difference between, you know, supersonic, transonic, and hypersonic, you know, what 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 is hypersonics and, and why is it unique from a simulation standpoint? Oh, you guys can take that one. <laughs> Okay. Well, with uh, hypersonics, it's 
normally anything over Mach 5 mm -hmm. um, that we're trying trying to you know, deal with. It starts where you start getting the chemistry, air chemistry starts getting involved and in other other things, but it's anything above Mach 5 is called hypersonics. Anything below that, you know, is our supersonic regime. Mm -hmm. So make it that's simple. A, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I never thought about it that way, but it actually makes it very simple is it's it's a it's a high enough compression, right? The shock waves are compressing the air enough to where chemical reactions start taking place, right? Yeah. yeah. Start getting the temperatures and everything expect, you know, really get into that area where materials really come into play. But Larry, before I can get better detail if you want to. Yeah, and, well, you no, want to add to that? Yeah. Yeah, Bruce gave a very good uh, explanation. I think, you know, the tricky part that when we are dealing with hypersonics is that as compared to supersonic, in which Mach 1, that's like a sharp line. And sure mm -hmm. enough, you can go into the details and look at transonic and the part of the, that supersonic flow. But it, it, it's a clear definition, you know, that Mach 1. With hypersonics, the Mach 5, sure, it depends. And also Mach number starts losing a little bit of significance once mm -hmm. we start looking at high enthalpy flows. But that is the Mach 5 that commonly agreed upon by the community mm -hmm. uh, arbitrary line where we say, okay, we go in hypersonics. But really, you know, sometimes uh, we been looking at cases of Mach 6 in which chemistry is not playing a role and the community calls them hypersonics, but really just a high supersonic. Okay. So a little bit of a gray area. Mm -hmm. Good, 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 good. So, so this idea of the shock wave really is um, key. Are there other aspects of flow that are different when you're in this hypersonic uh, range as well? I mean, there's does it like what we were discussing with a customer earlier that boundary layers just don't quite work the same right when you're at these kind of speeds it, it it varies based mm -hmm. on what speed you're at i mean mm -hmm. and what type of flow if you're doing just in atmosphere flying mm -hmm. it's it's going to be a little different than re-entry flow which you're starting coming in at the high high mock at the beginning uh, where mm -hmm. you, you, the boundary layer again there, it's got to be laminar and dealing with mm -hmm. all the thermal stuff. You know, how do we deal with that? Um, the chemistry where we have the ionization coming with reentry, it's really you know causes havoc with anything else going on in that, in that system mm -hmm. that we would have. But <clears throat> you know, you, you, you there's a lot of you know as soon as you get to where the temperatures goes gets above you know four thousand degrees, that's when everything starts getting a little hectic you know with the systems so. yeah yeah definitely so so that's that's another good thing to, to cover before we get into the details about fluent is this is used for hypersonic uh, propulsion for hypersonic say missiles or, or aircraft for external flow but also re-entry correct and are there other areas that uh, where we see hypersonic flow no, I think you covered uh, all of okay. the applications, yeah. And, you know, for the re-entry, uh, it could be Earth atmosphere or it could be interplanetary or planet other planets' mm -hmm. atmospheres mm -hmm. like Mars. Mm -hmm. Good point. Yeah, so different pressures, different chemistry. Yeah, wow. wow. So it, it really is multi-physics um, on, on a grand scale. <laughs> You've got a lot going on in there, yeah. 
Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Fluent product. So um, there's always been some capability in this area, but, um, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll start with Bruce. Why don't, why don't you go over what's been kind of added in the last couple of years, maybe two to three years that have really increased or we're seeing our users use it more? Well, I mean, in the last couple of years, when we've really mm -hmm. been pushing the capabilities of Fluent with the density-based code, which kind of what we would like to use for a lot of these cases because of of the mock number we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So we can pick, you know, deal with the shocks. Everything's coupled. Um, <clears throat> so, but the issue is we were always having conversions issues with mm -hmm. DPNS code. There's been a lot of work in, you know, really digging it because it technically it hasn't, wasn't touched for almost 15 years since it okay. was in built um but now with the new team put on you know put on to it going through checking you know making sure the matrix is all there the robustness of the dbs code just to solve you know ideal cases you know gone up significantly um you know just taking stuff that would take thirty thousand iterations mm. down to 500 iterations that's big. Solve. Yeah. That's you know, it, and and it converges so much smoother too. It just it just drops like a you know hammer. Um, being said that, that's getting the basis for that was mm -hmm. key, and that that mm -hmm. helped it was a few years ago when they got that started. Um, now adding on to that, trying to add all the different capabilities. Um, and when we get into these flows, you know, what do you have? You have your just basic flow. You have your air chemistry. So we had to deal, you know, how do we deal with air chemistry? Um, we had the old NASA capability, you know, with the, therm you know, with the thermal data, with the old uh, NASA 7 coefficient model. Mm -hmm. But its temperature limitation is around 6,000 degrees with that kind of thermal model. So the first thing we had, we did was take care of putting it, you know, capability reading the latest and, you know, the newest implementation of the thermal data from NASA with a nine coefficient um, okay. model, which takes us up to 30,000 degrees. You know, wow. With the thermal, with the thermal. <laughs> so that, that was the main goal. We had to have that first mm -hmm. to be able to handle that, to make everything work. And then once we started that, we started put, you know, looking at the different reactions capability there. And then it, you know, we found bugs as we went, you know, dealing mm -hmm. with ions, dealing with that, fixing that as we go. And we really, you know, got that working really good and also they found issues dealing with species with it you know once we fixed you know the main code then we started adding mm -hmm. in dealing with species and found issues dealing with jacobians and stuff like that and mm -hmm. once we fixed that everything just started falling into place so you know i could do ions we could actually take that into the other codes and calculate mm -hmm. the different electromagnetics um <clears throat> and then Going from there is, you know, the meshing helped out a lot with these cases to improving the meshes and making sure we could, you know, do different things. Um, but most of it was trying, you know, from my point of view, with the reacting flow was trying to get the reactions right, because then, you know, we're, we're going to get the chemical non-equilibrium prop properly calculated for the flows. Um, as you get up into the higher temperature range, too, we had a we added other models like the two temperature model capabilities mm -hmm. so we can have to deal with the vibration or rotation of the different species. So, you know, cause as you get higher, you'll, you'll have those different modes and they do affect the flow and how things react. Um, 
it, that's been that's been the latest thing that's been put in mm-hmm. in the lattice code, and we actually can do it with with you have thermal non-equilibrium and chemical non-equilibrium at the same time, which is a nice you know feature because a lot of the NASA codes mm-hmm. have the, just have that. There's not it's not really out there for a lot of other codes. Okay, so. In a commercial. If, if I'm if I'm wrong, Flair will tell me if I'm wrong on that. <laughs> no, no, you are right. You are very right, uh, Bruce. <laughs> you know what? What I would say about Fluent is that uh, it is a one CFD code, but under the hood, it really has two separate flow solvers, as Bruce was pointing out. And one is what is uh, called the pressure-based solver, and it's called that way because of the uh, solution strategy that it's using. It's just a family of CFD solvers that, you know, is not only us calling it that way, just community. And uh, in pressure-based solvers, typically they are used for lower speed flows, even though, you know, we've been keeping, uh, keep pushing the envelope, we've been running cases at Mach 6 and 7 for with the pressure-based solver. But yeah, Bruce is 100% right. You know, the other code, the density-based solver or a high-speed solver is what we are focusing on when we're looking at hypersonic flows. And, um, and there's been a tremendous amount of work put it into it in uh, basically uh, improving the performance. Um, two buckets, I usually consider it in reality three buckets. But, um, and, and, and the first one is uh, numerics, basically improving robustness. Um, what uses a code if you have the everything set up and it doesn't converge, it's useless. So that's the first bucket that we've been addressing, basically dealing with those extremely steep pressure gradients and tight coupling in between momentum, continuity, and energy. Uh, and there's been, and we're still working, that's continuous progress, but there's been a lot of improvements. The other bucket is physics. How mm-hmm. do we add the necessary physics? And really the only physics that was not at that point that built in, the major one was the thermodynamic non-equilibrium and right now it's built in we've been able to do it for many years using UDFs but now it's all built in and the third bucket it is usability and basically workflows and how do we make these uh, the solution of these complex problems more approachable to everybody and that is the third bucket and uh, and I'm talking about pre-processing cleanup of the geometries, pre-processing, so the meshing aspect, and then the setup of the problem. And that 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 is a big uh, topic, not only for hypersonics, but for all of our tools. It's uh, usability and uh, uh, productivity, engineering productivity. Good. Yeah, and and uh, I, I, that's a good point. Across all the products, it's been it's been really um, important to get people access to these tools that, you know, really uh, only existed in government labs for such a long time and getting them out there. You know, one thing that uh, that Bruce brought up that I thought is really important is you, you kind of mentioned meshing along the way. And I think it's a great example of how there's a lot of moving parts to getting a new capability or improved capability like this one. And, and, you know, a lot of work has gone into fluent meshing over the last 10 years. And uh, I think it's another example of enabling some pretty sophisticated. Um, either you want to talk about how meshing interacts with the tool. Is it adaptive and does it like refine around where the shock waves are? Does it do that sort of stuff yet? Yeah, we we do have that capability and it's actually been well 
um, tested for the you know the external aerodynamics for these hypersonic flows, Good. and it you know it 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 actually really makes it easier and keeps the mesh reasonable you know mm -hmm. when you're doing it. So it it has different methods and actually it's gotten very robust in the last version and being able to, to do this stuff. And it does it with the different mesh capabilities that we have with polyhex core, poly, um, and, you know, and okay. you know, TED as mm -hmm. you know, we had previously. Um, <clears throat> now with we're still, you know, in the process of testing that with combustion side of supersonic okay. combustion but it's 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 showing promise and it's you know, it's working pretty well but it we're, we're making sure that we're resolving everywhere we need for that because instead of just having the shock wave as we do just external arrow we have the shock and the combustion right you know density going on in the same area so we have to make sure we have enough gradient resolution there to make sure we're picking up all the processes so yeah. And it's it that, but it's there. Um, it's you know very user friendly from before. You know it has its own panels. It's actually really easy to set up now um, from previous versions. But it's being very well tested. You know it's mm -hmm. it's being exercised a lot and being tuned. You know, and so we have you know coming out of the box, you just turn it on and it should work from ninety percent of the cases. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, you know we get, get a little higher than that too. Um, and and hopefully get that way with the combustion cases for these high speed flows and, re and reacting if, if we need it. Mm -hmm. um, okay, cool. that's, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a lot though. I mean, that, I think uh, if you really sit down and think about what went into figuring out where to have localized refinement and where not to, um, it's, it's, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts going on in, in, creating a simulation for this type of event. Um, and and, and Eric, I want to add something because, uh, you know, it's adaption has been available in the community uh, for many, many years, obviously, mm -hmm. and as well in Fluent, we've had adaption based on, for example, uh, variables, flow variables, or their mm -hmm. gradients, or their curvature for many years. Things get a little bit more tricky as we keep adding, for example, different mesh topologies. And, you know, the mm -hmm. most recent one is a polyhex core, mm -hmm. or if you look back at a few years back, also the polyhedral mesh type. And each mesh topology has slightly different behavior once you start adapting it. And so that is, you know, one thing is identifying where we need to adapt and that is you know work in progress we have all the, the parameters that i mentioned we're actually adding automatic uh, mesh refinement using for example a hessian uh, approach so an error-based approach mm. and that will be very powerful but then the other topic is how do we refine the mesh now that we know where we want to refine right. it is like how do we refine it and that is you know we have different types again they are under the hood there's a isotropic which has been the default there is anisotropic adaption for for example boundary layers and we are adding um, volumetric anisotropic which is uh, more like uh, not only adding cells, but also squeezing uh, the mm -hmm. cells or moving the cells where we need them without actually having to remesh. So it's a combination of approaches that makes it very powerful. Very powerful, yeah. Yeah, I think back to some of the early codes I remember seeing out of NASA that were basically an oak tree, right? And they would just divide the elements up. And <laughs> yeah, that we've come a long way, come a long way for that. Um, cool. Um, 
What about, and I know this is a tough one because a lot of what's done with hypersonics isn't publicly available, but can either of you talk about any examples of people using ANSYS Fluent for hypersonic simulation and, and share that story? Yeah, Bruce, maybe I can take it and, and yeah. I don't know how much we can talk <laughs> in a public domain, but um, uh, you know, an interesting thing that we have going on are a few partnerships that we started with the universities. Good. And uh, I will start with the University of Texas at Arlington and Professor Madalena, he's uh, developed his uh, design, basically his lab has uh, uh, the only ArcJet facility mm. at a university in North America. So very unique facility. And I believe right now it's the only one out of three uh, in North America. The other ones being uh, NASA, Ames, and uh, uh, um, AEDC. Um, so very, very uh, unique facility. And we have this partnership in which basically they're using our tools to design the experiments, and the, these are all like hypersonic uh, uh, conditions, uh, and to analyze the flow field. Um, we have another partnership with Missouri Science and Technology Rolla, Professor Serhat Hosder, and he's basically uh, been looking at uncertainty quantification uh, specifically for hypersonic flow fields. Uh, and that is work in progress. We enter actually the NASA High Fidelity CFD workshop with uh, uh, Professor Hoster and one of his students. And um, and this is all, as I say, ongoing work. And uh, um, it's very exciting actually to see even students getting involved and learning how to solve these complex problems using our tools. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, you know, from the combustion side, we we have some work going with Virginia Tech, mm -hmm. doing doing some rotating det detonation engine, which is supersonic combustion, trying mm -hmm. to help them. They got a uh, a grant from the DOE to you know research it to see how applicable it is for land based um, power generation. Oh so, wow! Okay, so <laughs> that that's that's out there for that, and there's you know other universities working with on that too, to. Uh, you know, work on RDEs also mm -hmm. with them. And and there there are lots of commercial and military applications, but we can't really talk about any of those. So <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the military. There's, yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of publications out there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work has been done by national labs and yeah. by the different entities that, you know, have interest in it. So it, it's, it's, and it's in the last five years, it's gained speed. In the last year, it's really gone up exponentially so yeah right in fact the our discussion started because i'm trying to uh to work with the university we're here at pdt we're trying to work with the university of arizona which are building a hypersonic wind tunnel right now um and uh it's pretty exciting to see uh, that that going up um and uh, hopefully hopefully it'll get uh, used to come up with some new technologies and some new breakthroughs and correlate some of the models that we're doing um mm -hmm. Yeah, so you know, I, I, I've got some examples I could talk about too, like the call I just got off of. Ironically, they were both scheduled, the two hypersonics discussions scheduled one right after the other, but I can't. Um, so those of you who are listening, uh, Google and see what's what's publicly available, but there's a lot going on in hypersonics. Um, anything we you guys want to cover that you think our listeners should know about uh, the tools? Uh, I mean, you know, getting into it, how, you know, how do we get to the hypersonic speeds, mm -hmm. you know? A lot of things, you know, 
get you to use scramjet engines, but how do you get mm -hmm. those to up to speed to get them to light? Right. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, modeling that stuff, we have to, you know, you know, they have these rockets, you know, kind of rockets you want to use to get them up to speed. They have that capability when they do tests. And we've been adding a lot of capabilities trying to model solid rocket motors. Okay. Um, we've been working with one customer trying to deal with startup issues. So it's it's a combination of, um, you know, the pressures building up in the system and how, how do you deal with deformations of the fuel. Um, and we've been doing, you know, FSI on that. So that's been a, a major capability of doing the multi-physics in, you know, you know, solid rocket motors. Um, also, how do, how do we, you know, deal with um, the different materials for ablation, you know, for re-entries or inside rocket motors. So we've been adding capability, you know, that's been added in the last version, you know, some simple forms of doing ablation modeling. Um, so that, that, that's a key thing that we didn't have before and it's user, user friendly. And when I say ablation modeling, it's the way the panel is set up, it turns it on and it, it gives you options to, to use a simple model called VL's law, use that or surface reactions, depending on what kind of system you're working with. And it also turns on the mess, moving mesh capabilities Good. on that surfaces. So you can actually model that mesh deformation based on the ablation process going on in the system. So before we did it, it was all UDS and user yes. had to do all the stuff. Now it's just push a button, set, you know, pick the names that you're working with, set the model that you want to work. Hopefully you have your own, you know, coefficients for the materials you're working with because we mm -hmm. don't, you know, we just give defaults just to make sure it works mm -hmm. and then you go from there. But that that's, you know, dealing with all these other capabilities that you run into with, you know, hypersonics, you know, these are the key things is you have to deal, how do you deal with the heat? You know, how do you deal with, you know, the, the ablation erosion problems? How do you model that? Because that becomes key, you know, and it ends up being these coupled capabilities and dealing with, you know, mechanical side and, you know, the fluid mm -hmm. side of it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was one of the, the painful parts of hypersonics in the past was um, modeling the ablation had all be done with user programmable features of one kind or another. And uh, yeah, I'm glad to hear that that's come a long way. <laughs> good, good news. Yeah, and it, it's, it's continuing too, because again, mm -hmm. that was the first step and there's mm -hmm. gonna be multiple steps just adding more and more capabilities as we go. Um, same thing with, you know, all, 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 you know, the other capabilities for, you know, again, different relations, if it's external or internal, and mm -hmm. how do you deal with it, you know, you know, what kind of reactions you're dealing with, what kind of uh, particles you're dealing with, how do you deal with the chemistry, how do you deal with, it? so that's all coming, you know, as we go, as we see the people are need, have those needs, mm -hmm. at, you could know, add those capabilities. So. Yeah, Larry, do you the, have anything? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I wanted to say because uh, um, uh, Bruce is uh, hitting the nail on the head, uh, mm -hmm. especially in terms of multiphysics and uh, uh, developing these workflows that they're not only on the fluid side, but basically they extend to all the other technology areas that we have available. And, and, and I'll give a couple of examples, and these right. are all uh, um, uh, publicly available mm -hmm. examples. Um, one is the um, prediction of communication blackout effect. Mm. So that is 
something that from basically any re-entry vehicle, and it was famous, it's always been famous, whether it was the shuttle or the Apollo capsules re-entering. Right. We have high speeds and, you know, the air around the capsule ionizes, and basically that interferes with any antenna functioning properly. So there's no communication um, in and out of the re-entry vehicle for, it depends, five, 10 minutes. And... Um, um, and so what we have done, we actually create a workflow that goes from Fluent into uh, our electromagnetic uh, simulation tool, HFSS. Mm. And what uh, that does is we take the ionization from the CFD solution and we use the ionization, ionize the flow field to compute the conductivity of the air around the capsule. Okay. And then we compute the uh, functioning, the performance of the antenna. So communication blackout is just a sub part of communication degradation. And we actually have been looking at validation of this approach, but to our knowledge, it's the only a uh, commercially available solution to compute these phenomena. Um, in the other workflow, it is actually something similar, but that combines uh, some of the uh, more recent acquisitions by ANSYS, uh, uh, primarily AGI, uh, the right. AGI family. So the SDK tool and the whole application is, it is actually relative to the detection and tracking of incoming hypersonic vehicles using infrared technology. And in a nutshell, is basically computing uh, an initial release point of a hypersonic vehicle. It could be in, in space, it could be on Earth. And AGI Aviator starts computing the trajectory based on the aerodynamic coefficients that have been computed by the CFD. Mm -hmm. Um, and by doing that, we are computing basically with a high level of accuracy, the trajectory and the heating around this vehicle. And it could have a propulsive system or it could just be re-entering. And that heating, it gets put into the SD, AGI SDK, what is called the EOIR module, which is electro-optical infrared module. Wow. And the module is computing basically the infrared signature of this um, incoming hypersonic vehicle. And, and and just to add the icing on the cake, I would say that starting from the high fidelity physics, so if you think about CFD, we are actually not using that to compute the whole trajectory. It would take too long. So we're actually extracting reduced order models out of that. And and so that gives us almost instantaneous feedback in with the trajectory calculation. So very, very advanced and very, um, you know, technology that up to even just a couple of years ago, it was not available and, and it is becoming available. Yeah. Yeah, just just what you know, Valeria said with another model that we've been working on with another um, entity, government entity, is they came to us wanting to do um, solar rocket motors, and then they said, "Well, can we do IR signatures on our solar rocket motors?" And with the other product we have with Spisos, we're able mm -hmm. to we have working on a process that goes directly from fluent into Spisos, calculates the IR field, and then. We post-process that you know, IR signature. We can see the whole plume and see, you know, and then also deal with the species of, of right. the plume and see what's there. So they can actually do, you know, I, I figure out the full IR signature of their, you know, of their motors. And I, you know, it's it's 
pretty interesting how that, you know, that works. And they were that's, very excited with that capability. That's very useful. Very, very useful. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Well, that that's, I mean, it's a, it's, it's good to see that it's not just in a bubble, right? You get that this, that this tool is enabling you know, RF simulation. It's enabling IR, you know, lots of uh, two letter acronym uh, simulations, but um, I, I think that's, it's a great example of, um, you know, when ANSYS develops technology internally, because this is a great example of internal development, right, of improvements to the to the hypersonic capability, and then making it work with acquired tools. I think it's something that really sets the ANSYS team apart. And I know as a user and someone uh, supporting and selling the software, we really appreciate it when development uh, makes everything work together like this. It's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, for, from, from my experience, previous experience with doing IR signatures, it the process of running the case, post-processing the case, scripting the case, taking in together code. I mean, with the scripting and all the process was very intense and very mm -hmm. customized for that specific case. Right. With the new models, with the capability that we have with, you know, the ANSYS products, it simplifies it. It gets us away from the government codes that are, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes not always well-maintained depending <laughs> on what site they're on, mm -hmm. um, and simplifies the process and makes it easier for them to keep the data and store the data too, so they can always refer to it or, you know, augment what when they need to do different, you know, data searches. So hopefully, you know, we can start building on that. Very cool. I've, I've, uh, you know, I would say, Eric, that it uh, workflows like the ones that we've been describing, and def they definitely keep people like Bruce and myself and a lot of our <laughs> colleagues young, let's put it that way, and, yeah. uh, and definitely on our toes because it's 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 a lot of innovation coming online, mm -hmm. and uh, and definitely, you know, you spend a career just looking at CFD, and then you realize, okay, how do we tie? Uh, what we know how to do very well to everything else and how do we make it more usable. And, and that definitely is challenging, but it's very exciting as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where in a, in a meeting, it's like, yeah, we'll just talk them together. And then you start thinking about it. Going, <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, this is going to be, you have to keep track of this. This is going to be difficult. Um, Okay, so just to wind up, I think if hopefully we've whetted people's appetites to to learn more about this, what's what's the best way for them besides just reaching out to their ANSYS support provider, um, who how to how to learn more about hypersonics, maybe even play with it? Are there some tutorials, some training classes on the Learning Hub? Where are we with that? And. Bruce, if you want, I can take it. And uh, okay. I think, you know, starting from the ANSYS website or the PADT mm -hmm. website, that would mm -hmm. be a really good uh, starting point. There are many publications with validations. Those are out there. And yep. the next step would be we have actually uh, a dedicated hypersonic training um, okay. for CFD. And that would be a really good starting point. Um, it, because of the export control issues, we right. it's not available widely. And uh, so you, any anybody would need to go through like their uh, uh, you know, contact at ANSYS or drop mm -hmm. an email, you know, to the account manager mm -hmm. or to technical support to, uh, and, and we'll make it available. 
Good, good point. I, I always forget that it's export controlled. So um, well, I don't always forget, but sometimes I forget that it's export controlled. And uh, so it's not going to be in the learning hub. So definitely ask for that. Um, and there's some cool videos as well um, on the ANSYS uh, YouTube page that I've been seeing and hopefully some more as time goes by. Um, I, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, we could talk about it for a long time, but uh, I think we covered the big pieces. Anything else you guys want to add before we take off? Oh, it's been a fun journey till now. <laughs> Very fun, very fun, very interesting. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk yeah. about hypersonics, which I think Bruce and I, we, we talk to each other about it every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And and I think the other thing to, to point out is you guys, it has been a fun journey, but you're, you're not, I don't think you guys are halfway. I think that uh, there's a lot more work that can be done to improve the tools and uh, add more function, even not so much improve, but add more capability to the tools, tools so people can model these extreme situations better and better as time goes by. So it's going to keep uh, me in keep us employed for a while that's exactly right we really do appreciate it well thanks for your time i really really do uh learn so much from these conversations and and hopefully um in a couple of releases we'll have you guys back to learn what's new thanks so much eric thank you guys stay safe out there we'll talk to you soon bye-bye bye bye so as, as we said, this is just a, a stop along a long journey. There's much more to come in this area for simulation. Uh, ANSYS already has a fairly well integrated tool. Uh, it's one of the things I learned talking to other folks that are using, say, government codes or competitive codes. Uh, they're jumping around between five different tools and writing their own connections and, and all that stuff. Uh, it's fairly straightforward to do in ANSYS. Um, and, and I feel pretty comfortable talking after talking to some of those folks who are, who are in the middle of this um, that, that we are really, really on that curve and, and providing good solutions. If you're interested in this topic or are lucky enough to uh, to be working in this area, do stay tuned for more. We'll, we'll definitely keep you up to date as this capability progresses and becomes more capable. For today's commercial, I'm going to keep it short. If you are listening to the podcast, you probably have some ANSYS software. You also should uh, have learned from all of our podcasts that there's a lot of tools in the ANSYS toolbox. You and your company can't benefit from the full power of simulation unless you have access to the right mix of tools. So reach out to your ANSYS salesperson, and hopefully that's PT. And that's Brian Basselier, uh, Mike Borsum, Heather Dean, Howard Fine, Michael Quetco, Dan Christensen, Eric Coder, Jerry Garula, or Alan McNeil. I've never really mentioned all of them before on the podcast, but they're the sales professionals that help you find the right tool. They pair you with our engineers. They answer your questions. They're your go-to problem solvers. So set up some time to sit down with them and our engineers so you can understand all your options and not just what software there is out there, but the new flexible ways that ANSYS has given us to give you access to your different tools like ANSYS Cloud and Elastic Licensing. So shoot us an email at info at PADTINC.com or call us at 480-813-4884 or call your ANSYS salesperson directly or email them. They'd love to talk to you and help explain all the great tools that we have in that ANSYS toolbox. We're going to skip news um, and favorite blog posts and what the stock price is doing and all that stuff. Um, not a lot of big changes there, not a big uh, to talk about. Instead, I really want to talk about the ANSYS Technical Conference coming up with Level Up 2.0. So uh, let's take a listen and learn all about it.
I want to welcome everybody today for a brief chat here today. We've got with us Marissa Melchior and um, Marissa, thank you for joining us. Why don't you, uh, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about the upcoming Level Up 2.0 conference. But first, I think our listeners who don't know you would like to know uh, who you are and what you do at ANSYS. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. Well, my name is Marissa Melchior. I am a manager of product marketing here at ANSYS. Uh, I cover the structures business unit as well as the 3D design business unit. Uh, super excited to be here and talk about Level Up 2.0. Great. Well, and our favorite products here on the podcast. So we're, we're, we're very glad to have you out there uh, evangelizing on our behalf. So we appreciate that. So Level Up 2.0 is, is coming up on October 20th uh, of this year. It's a virtual engineering simulation conference. So why don't you help our listeners understand what it is and what it's all about? Yeah, absolutely. So Level Up 2.0 is an extension of our first uh, virtual free conference in the Structures Business Unit. Uh, it was great success last year, so we're doing it again this year, but we're really expanding the scope, a lot more tracks uh, and a lot more products, a lot more sessions, a lot more customer stories. So really this free virtual conference of Level Up 2.0, bigger and better than ever, leveling up our sessions, more products, innovative solutions, new opportunities. And, you know, Eric, it's really a conference for, for every engineer, no matter where they're at in their simulation journey, if they're just getting started uh, with simulation and wondering where to start, or if they're more advanced user and have been using, for example, Ansys Mechanical or LS Dyna for decades. It's, mm -hmm. There's really something for everyone uh, at Level Up 2.0. That's kind of what I noticed when I was looking at the the tracks and 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 the speakers is that this really is appeals to you know your diehard APDL fans all the way up through I'm a design engineer and I want to do more simulation as part of my product development process and there's something there is something here for everybody so I I really I really dig that and makes it value added um, so you know you you mentioned that this is the 2.0. Um, and it is free. I think it's important that our listeners know that. <laughs> um, yep. It's it's virtual. One question I had is, will will it be recorded, or do they need to at attend live to to get all the content? Yeah, we are telling people to attend live uh, because we have some really, really great featured speakers that are doing mm -hmm. live sessions. Um, you're going to hear from NASA, Offworld, a startup that's putting uh, robots on different planets. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear from Boeing. I mean, we have this really cool live session at the closing uh, of the virtual event called Taking Your Simulation to the Next Level with Digital Mission Engineering. I'm mm -hmm. uh, really excited to talk about this uh, with our integration of eight. Um, AGI right. yeah. to the ANSYS portfolio. So mm -hmm. really talking about, you know, the whole digital mission engineering and how simulation plays an important part of that. Yeah, th that to me is worth the price of admission in and of itself because <laughs> um, we, we've been been taking a really closer look at AGI and what it can do and, and more importantly, how it integrates with other and is going to integrate with other ANSYS products in the future. And it's pretty exciting stuff. I, I it's definitely uh, there's a lot in here to go to, but uh, that's going to be definitely on my list to, to check out. Um, so you, you mentioned that it is um, a few products. So which ANSYS products are going to be covered? Are we going to be just structural? Is there fluids? What's what's in there? Yeah, great question. So mm -hmm. last year it was just ANSYS Mechanical and only mm -hmm. 12 sessions. And mm -hmm. we really expanded the scope to not only include um, products from the structures business unit, but also fluids and mm -hmm. a little bit of acoustics as well. So right. we have, you know, ANSYS Mechanical, our bread and butter. We have a full mm -hmm. track on that. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have Ellis Dinah as well. So really cool um, sessions on that with drop tests, tips and tricks with Ansys Ellis Dinah, understanding contacts. Then we do have a full track on fluid. So super excited about uh, a lot of these sessions talking about how to generate a high quality mesh using ANSYS Fluent. Mm -hmm. uh, we definitely are gonna go into advanced manufacturing and design. This is where we're gonna talk about additive manufacturing. We have some really cool stories about our replacement parts on demand, leveraging additive manufacturing for lightweighting. A really, really cool innovative uh, sessions there. You're gonna hear mm -hmm. from Siemens, Prankle, and uh, C-Space, which is is a really, really cool startup about rocket engines. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just a few more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We have acoustics and MVH. So we're going to mm -hmm. be talking about our product, ANSYS VR Experience Sound, and its connection to ANSYS Mechanical, LS Dyna. There's a really, really cool session talking about the studying of acoustics behavior of an automotive seatbelt retractor. So how the sound cool. affects the seatbelt, right? That mm -hmm. little click that we hear is so mm -hmm. important to make sure the seatbelt is working. Mm -hmm. uh, we have electronics reliability, a spotlight solution set on that. So really talking about thermal conduction, trace modeling with layered elements. Um, and then we're going to have upfront simulation, which talks about our ANSYS discovery products, as well as advanced geometry preparation, uh, and really going into the idea of bringing simulation upfront into the simulation journey and design engineers. That's great. Very comprehensive. And, and uh, boy, it, again, once again, it's going to be difficult to decide which track to go to, which to me is always a good sign of a good conference, um, is trying to pick which ones to go to. So that's fantastic. Um, and it goes from 10 uh, p.m. All right, Eastern time to, to uh, 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, and how long about is it going to last? Uh, it should wrap up around 3 p.m. Eastern time. Okay. Um, so what's really cool, and we got really great feedback last year about the sessions are, are about 30 minutes long. Okay. So they're, they're short, sweet. They're Good. definitely informative, um, but it allows you to jam pack a lot into your agenda. So if you if you register today, about a week before the actual live session, you can actually go build your agenda, uh, which enables people to build their agenda, get a, um, an idea of what the agenda is going to look like with abstract. So really opening up the platform for attendees to kind of take a look around of the platform. Yeah, it, it, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the website right now, and it, it does have the agenda is up. You can see what, when the sessions are and who's giving them. And one, one key thing that's coming through is, boy, I'm going to just enjoy because some of my favorite people at ANSYS are presenting. So yeah. um, we, it's a, it's, you don't always get a chance, especially in the day of COVID, to interact with these technical experts at ANSYS. And this is a great chance to hear them speak and to get to know them a little bit better. So um, I see that Kurt Chan's doing a ton, that Bill Holmes is speaking. I mean, I'm just scrolling down and pulling out names of people that, that we've worked with uh, over the years and some new names. So some new people that we need to get to know better. So this is a great opportunity to get to know the, the folks behind the logo, uh, as we like to say, and uh, that, that make ANSYS such a powerful tool uh, and help help users use it. So this is this is great. Um, I'm excited. The sign up is it's actually at ansys.com slash events slash level dash up. But nobody types in the URL. We'll put it in the in the meeting notes, uh, as well as I just I just searched for Ansys Level Up 2.0, and it came right up in the in the search. So, 
Um, yeah, really and you know, to make it even <laughs> to make it even more yeah. simpler, you can just do ansys.com forward slash level up. Okay. Uh, that's a uh, little shorter version, easier to type short. in. The, yeah, okay. the URL. You could always give us a follow on Ansys Structures page on LinkedIn. Uh, we're always posting about like up and coming events. Uh, we're doing a lot of promotion for Level Up. So mm -hmm. if you give us a follow, you'll definitely be able to access um, the the registration page easily. Some other just really key points yeah. about this event is uh, we have uh, a session on PyAnsys, which talks about um, automation and scripting with uh, mm -hmm. Python. So that's something really cool and upcoming. Yep. And Eric, just like you said, it's really, really great opportunity to to talk to, to Ansys people directly. Um, that is something that we got feedback last year, just mm -hmm. the energy and the mm -hmm. excitement that all the presenters really bring. And it really shows the enthusiasm that we have for our products, uh, mm -hmm. which is, is really great to talk to. So you will have the ability to talk to the presenters right. in their sessions uh, during the time of the live event from 10 a.m. Eastern time to about 3 p.m. Eastern time. So really looking forward to hearing uh, from you all and attending our event. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the interactive part is sometimes the best. Um, and I, I love this platform, the, the the you know this virtual. I think we're getting it down. I think I think it's working, <laughs> and um, uh, it's a great way to get this input. And I, and I and I'm actually glad you guys are doing it live. Um, I think we all sign up for things thinking we're going to listen to the recording and we don't. So um, I, I'm glad. And the interactive part as well is well worth it. So set aside some, go go to the website, register, and then put it on your calendar so nobody schedules any meetings over this. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, get, get some coffee, settle down, get your headphones on, and enjoy a great day. We'll be there. PDT folks will be listening in, so we hope to run into you in some of the discussions. Anything else you want to add before we, uh, we move on? Uh, I don't think so. Again, thanks so much for the time, Eric, and the opportunity to talk about Level Up. Um, it's really about taking your simulations to the next level. So I hope to see you all there and we're getting ready to level up. Yep, exactly. I can't wait for it. <laughs> I really appreciate you guys taking the time to put all this together. Um, it does make a difference for, for us out here in user land. So appreciate it. And we'll see you. There's a little clock at the bottom in 27 days, 23 hours, 45 minutes. Yep, we're waiting for it. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Eric. Bye. Bye. Okay, hopefully um, you're already registered. And if you're not, that was enough to get you interested. Um, it, it is a good event. Um, it is live, but virtual. And um, so you can't trick yourself into thinking you're going to listen to it later and not. So please do go register. Um, that's at www.ansys.com slash level up. We'll take you right there. Um, and um, I hope to see you guys online. Uh, we're like I said, we're going to skip uh, most of the rest of the podcast and go straight to events. And boy, do we have a lot in the world of PADT. Um, it's um, many organizations um, basically put all their events in October um, that usually take place throughout the year. So it's really piled in. It's usually a busy month for us anyway. So the first thing uh, tomorrow um, on the 4th is AZ Bio Awards. And, and we're not doing the actual awards that we normally do. The AZ Bio is the organization for technology companies around biotechnology in the state of Arizona. Um, and PADT has been a sponsor for, for many, many years and, a, and an award recipient now and then. Many of our customers are up for our winning awards this year. And um, instead of having it live, we're going to do it as a TV show again. So it's actually going to be, I think, on Channel 15 here in Arizona. Um, and um, do check that out. The AZ Bio Awards, just uh, search for it and you can get all the information on how to watch it online or how to watch it um, on um, TV Live tomorrow night. 
Then um, in the morning of the 6th, which I believe, I got to check my calendar because I'm getting all confused by all these different things. Yeah, the 6th is Wednesday. Um, we're headed down to Tucson for the 2021 Southern Arizona Tech and Business Expo. So we're spreading out across the Tucson Convention Center uh, from noon to 6. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic event. It's my favorite event in Tucson every year. And one of my favorite events in Tucson. I have a couple favorite events in Tucson, but it's one of my favorite events in Tucson. And um, it's, it's a great chance to uh, catch up with everybody and uh, visit booths. Uh, gets, there's some awards that are going out. There's some great keynote speakers. Um, so if you're in the Tucson area or Southern Arizona area or in um, um, the rest of Arizona and want to learn more about Tucson and tech, head on down to that event. Uh, we will be doing also a um, um, webinar on the 6th, which is Wednesday, Space Claim Meshing and Geometry Updates in ANSYS 2021 R2. That's probably more applicable to those of you who are not in Arizona. So please do check that out. Um, lots of Space Claim is just growing and, and improving like crazy. So um, big fan, and um, it's, a, it's a great chance for you to learn more about what's going on in Space Claim, which is an important tool that you should be using if you're not. Then on the 7th, Thursday is Venture Madness and about three other events on top of that. So we piled all our uh, startup type of things uh, into one full day event. Um, on the 7th, which is going to be at a new building at the uh, UA uh, University of Arizona Health Science Education Building in downtown Phoenix. So there's there's some events the night before, there's events that night, but the big event is the Venture Madness General Session, where all the best technology startups in Arizona show what they got. And um, we will also... Um, be doing, um, we're, we're, we're going to be at that event and, and uh, hope to see some of you there. Um, I also want to point out uh, the following week on the 12th, the Arizona Tech Business Virtual Networking is back. Um, these are things that if you've been listening to podcasts, you know, we were doing during the, uh, during the um, pandemic when most people were home. Well, even with most people home, we found that the, uh, back at work, we found that the virtual events worked really well. So again, uh, very Arizona oriented. I'm sorry for those of you not in Arizona, but um, we're going to be doing that tech virtual networking again um, on um, the 12th. So do check that out on our events page at PADT. And then um, some other events to mention in that week are the Governor's Celebration of Innovation, which is the big tech award show here in the state. Um, I will be giving out the Chairman's Award this year as the Chairman of the Tech Council Board of Directors. And I'm really excited. Um, and, and we've had the actual, I don't want to give it away too much, but um, it's, it's a pretty cool event. And we're really looking forward to that as well. Um, um, we are also traveling around the southwestern U.S. with Stratasys and their mobile truck. So if you want to see the new machines that Stratasys has out, the new materials that Stratasys has out, we've got a bunch of stops for you. Uh, the first one's going to be in Denver on the 14th. And then we're moving up to Centennial, which is the north side of town, um, on the 15th. Is, uh, yeah, on the 15th. The next day on the 15th. Then we're going to be in Los Alamos, New Mexico on the 19th and Albuquerque on the 20th. And we're finishing up for PDT's big open house, which is going to be an outside. It's going to be an out open parking lot, actually, on the 27th, our Nerdtoberfest 2021. Um, and um, it'll be uh, at that event as well, the mobile truck. And then we'll be headed down to Tucson the next day, on the or two days later, on the 29th uh, to show off what Stratasys has there. So like I said, a very busy October, uh, mostly Arizona events. Apologize for that, uh, for those of you at other locations. But if you are in Arizona, please do stop by and see us. If you're in one of those other states that we mentioned, uh, come by, 
website, sign up for the Stratasys mobile truck. All of this stuff is available at padtinc.com slash events, uh, including registration links. So do check those out. And that's it for today's podcast. Um, lots of good information about events and hypersonics and really loved it. I want to thank you as always for listening in. Don't forget to subscribe at to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in to learn more about what's going on in the world of PADT. And also, uh, please do let your friends and coworkers know about the podcast and, and subscribe. And you should subscribe um, so that our numbers continue to grow. So, um, and as always, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 98. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.